time for RSV Sherry. So come on, let me vaccinate you. So come on, let me. Hello and good evening. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. We're the folks who are going to be father of the madness, reason and the unreasonable. Makes sense that announcements because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all doing this week? This week? This night? Doing great. <laughs> both. Let's go with both. Okay. I feel like it's probably appropriate to bring up the vaccination. I don't know why, but all, every boomer, like right-wing boomer on TikTok has been acting like lockdowns are coming back, but I don't know why they're all acting like that. Is this a thing that's being talked about? Did, I swear, Fauci or Joe and or Joe Biden said something, right? Uh, everyone's getting COVID. Jill Biden got COVID. Uh, okay, Oprah. Everyone? No, not Oprah. Um, Whoopi Goldberg got COVID and she's not on the view anymore. A bunch of like public figures are getting t- uh, testing positive for COVID and uh, avoiding their job um, responsibilities. So I, I think it's coming <laughs> full swing and we're getting a, a, a another booster uh, for that, a I heard new about variant. The That's new variants. The, yeah, to save yeah. you from Omicron, yeah. the one that was done a year ago. That was like, it's a booster for last no, year. I'm sure. COVID. I'm sure this is specific to whatever the exciting new variant is. It's not even a Greek the, letter anymore. It's probably an Arabic letter. No, it's it, actually it, like a gr- the Greek uh, word it, for dick. Or it's like really close to it or something. It's like, it's something that stupid. And they say COVID isn't a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it it does, I don't know. It seems like they're kind of playing around with the idea to, to do it like all over again. Or they're just like pushing it. It's like the new narrative, like every season, basically. Like, oh, we got a new vaccine. Well, it's Everyone definitely has to for go election season. Obviously, they're gearing up. For mail-in ballots, right? But like, it's a political thing. They they have their a, they have their base for pro vaccine stuff, and they're just getting them riled up to annoy everyone else and get them to be like overreactive and excited and annoying about everything. So it's really just a, a brief few month campaign to make everyone annoying. Here, like, here's how you know it's really fake. Is When's the last time you've even heard of somebody you know personally testing to see if they've had COVID? It's been a fucking while since you've heard of somebody getting a COVID test, right? Right, which is funny because they keep saying COVID is on the rise, but they're not testing people. They're testing people's shit, like their actual... Matter. I forgot about that. What? Who's doing uh, that? So they like go into the sewers and like stick it in swabs or whatever. The, the city, they go to like, yeah, they go to the sanitation facility and they start uh, like swabbing poop samples from like the, the city sewer Just line. Random and they start poop? measuring yeah. COVID that this, way. COVID this block, this yeah. block is definitely 50% positive. 50% yeah. positive. <laughs> no way. Are you, is this <laughs> fucking real? <laughs> Weren't they doing that with polio like a couple years back too with uh, in the New York? They're doing that with one of those um, semi-extinct diseases in New York City uh, a couple years back. Yeah, dude. If you if you listen to anything these people say and they're going around swabbing random just like poop potpourri, 
to see if COVID's on the rise and saying that that's science and you listen to a word they say, you deserve to be sterilized. Like they have kind of a point to sterilize the population at that point. <laughs> Wait, is, is this is this the point of the anal swabs just to get it directly from the source? Dude, I think I'm on the CIA side. More, more effective than mucus. <laughs> How do I become a how do I become a citizen of Israel and part of the CIA and sterilize the population? If you listen to these people when they're doing this shit, I <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. No, we need a calling. You're right. You know what? You're right. They are goy. They're herd animals. Let's fucking get let's snip them. I'm I'm on your team. Well, if any listeners would like to have their poop tested for COVID, you can go ahead and schedule an appointment at 1-833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. I'll give everyone Josh's address to send it to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to real science. Obviously, the COVID science is wrong. But the real science... We got to talk about Artemis 2 and the very, very important work that the New York Times does giving us the real hard hitting facts. You guys excited to hear about Artemis, Artemis 2? Ab- I know you absolutely. are. Josh. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I'm excited to hear you talk about Artemis 2. I've already heard about it. <laughs> I, I love, I just love how <laughs> shitty this article's written, to be honest. Like, I it. Everything it says is wrong. This is how, why why the New York Times is so good. Like it says something stupid in every part of this article. So, for the first time in more than half a century, NASA has named a crew of astronauts headed to the moon. Humans have not ventured more than a few hundred miles off the planet since the return of Apollo 17, NASA's last moon mission, in 1972. After Artemis's experience on the moon, NASA hopes to chart a path to putting humans on Mars while scientists expect to use what is found there to answer questions about how the solar system formed. Astronauts in 2023 are much different from those when the United States was in a race to beat the Soviet Union to the moon. During the Apollo program, 24 astronauts flew to the moon all, uh, and 12 of them stepped on the surface. All of them were Americans. All of them were white men, many of whom were test pilots. So he immediately. Oh, so I thought you made up the white men line for a second, but then I looked back at the article and they actually they actually wrote that. <laughs> no, the, the headline of this article is NASA names diverse astronaut crew for Artemis II moon mission. So okay. then they named the four astronauts. It's mission. basically two white guys, a black guy, and a woman. What some of them, dude? This guy has like a but like the white guys are gay, right? He looks like he could be, especially the bottom one. Okay, so the start. That's a start. Yeah, <laughs> that's a start. <laughs> <laughs> so how how one of the astronauts, one of the astronauts explained how they were all white men away by going when we were selecting astronauts back then, we intended to select the same person, just multiple copies. That's their explanation why they weren't racist because they were just trying to find exactly the same type of test pilots. You know, that was their, uh, that was their, uh, dependent variable, you know, like that was their, 
the thing that would not change in the experiment of going to the moon was to just get white test pilots, apparently. Or the people of the same, like, relative size, maybe? Is that what they're referring to? They're like, we well, don't want to, like, like... It sounds like skill set, too. Like, they're, they're doing the same mission. And mission, like, the mission requirements would be the same. Yeah, it was right? actually a background, because oh, okay. they were all pilots. You know what I mean? Okay. They're all, like, military pilots. Well, yeah, I mean, they already they, have they to in, fit. They're going up in rockets, and they already yeah, have, they have to, to be in, like physically within like the same like parameter as one another, just to be pilots in, in the same craft kind of thing. But it's, I, I can see that though, where it's like they, they don't want to make like six different spacesuits, like all varying in custom made sizes and shit like that. It would be much yeah, easier. Yeah, that could, that could delay the program. Yeah, we years. Do that. Literally years. <laughs> Then they start talking about the. That was all. That was like they literally don't talk about race anymore. It was just a way to clickbaity you into this article about the Artemis too. Because they can't act like masses that racist. You know what I mean? Like gotta. They're like, oh no, it's just good they're diverse. So <laughs> they start talking about the Artemis two, and they're like. The four astronauts aboard this next mission will not land on the moon. Instead, the travelers will take a 10-day journey, which immediately piqued my interest. We'll get into that in a second. A 10-day journey that will swing around the moon and come back to Earth. It is currently scheduled for late next year. So, reason I found that interesting is the original moon mission was a three-day one-way trip. Well, they're, they're probably just spending more time there because there's a lot of science to be done, right? How does it take longer to get to the... No, they're just swinging around it and then coming no, back. Aaron, Aaron we'll, we'll get... I, I have an answer for you. We'll get to that after we're done with this article, okay? <laughs> okay. My my question... I believe you, but... Uh, my question is, my question is, do you consider it a quote-unquote moon mission if they're not landing on the moon? It's like, if you've... If you've had a layover in an airport, have you been to that city? No, but that's my that's my comparison. <laughs> that's true. That is, okay, so okay. that I, is that I, actually. I would, I would not consider it a moon mission if you don't land on the moon. <laughs> it's such a great com- comparison, Josh. It's perfect comparison. <laughs> I just want to compliment you on that. Landing. If you if it, you it say is, you've yeah. been to like Denver or like I've been to Colorado because you were in the Denver airport. No, don't tell people that. Stop. You weren't in Colorado. Wait, wait, but no, oh, that's that's the one exception because the Denver airport is the hub of conspiracies in the city, and that's really that's where half the culture of the city is. It's like the ghost horse <laughs> in the airport. So you know that anywhere else, and I would have been on board. But <laughs> the no. Denver airport. Yeah, yeah really we we've is. done like multiple episodes because yeah, we've done multiple multiple episodes on this because it's such a big deal. It's such a real hoax. If you live in Denver and you haven't been to the Denver airport, you actually can't say <laughs> you've been in Denver. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to that last part then. So uh, they talked to Harrison Schmidt. He's the last surviving a- uh, astronaut from Apollo 17. And he is doing his PR for NASA. It's an exciting time for the Artemis people. No question about it. He he added that many people did not fully realize that we're about three genera- that we were about g- three generations away from any experience with human beings being in deep space, and that's probably the most important part of the mission. 
So they get him to say how no, they didn't realize back then. It's not. That, you know. Well, they're saying like it. We didn't realize that it was going to be three generations before we were back in deep space. And it's like, yeah, that would be crazy to think that it would take three generations to go to deep, <laughs> to go to the same place that you already went. Yeah, you're right. That and why? How is this one deeper space than when they went to the moon the first time? What is he talking about? No, this, this is, just, if it's outside, if it's outside low Earth orbit, it's deep space. Like I think that's what he means. Then they right. allegedly already did that. So it didn't take three generations. It took three generations to do it again. I mean, we, we need we need to get more astronauts up there, more with uh, diverse backgrounds, because this is important experience to share with the rest of the human race. It's just like, if you're put in the same terms, we are four generations out from uh, human beings with experience being in the Holocaust. And we should have that experience here on Earth to share with everyone else so that it never happens again. <laughs> then wow, they just Josh. randomly quote. Way to bring it home. <laughs> By the way, they randomly quote a former U.S. senator in this, Dr. Schmidt. Um, he wasn't surprised that it took three generations. He said, I would say I'm disappointed. A lot of things conspired to stop the Apollo program and to keep us from going back for quite a while. I don't know what he's talking about. Wait, are we a conspiracy show now? Yeah. Only, <laughs> only if it makes people money, makes important people money, then you can be a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. But the budget for NASA has not changed since, like, the Apollo program. It has stayed at like one and a half percent of the GDP for 70 years. Who's conspiring so, but, or 50 okay. years? It has changed then. Like the actual money that they get in increases yeah, every it year. It actually rises with the rate of inflation. <laughs> so they've actually gotten better raises than everybody else in America. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bastards. Is it okay? Like they—they they just say that the that like they stopped getting funding when it's just not true. They constantly complain about funding. They have the same fucking funding that they've had the whole time, and they got to the moon originally on it. Why didn't we go back in the eighties? What about back in the eighties? Why didn't we go back to the moon? Oh, here I'll explain to you, Josh. So, nineteen seventy-two is the last time we went. Um, every year after that and every single president, despite the budget going up and up and up to maintain with the rate of inflation, like I said, uh, they all say we're going to the moon and then they make plans to go to the moon and they, and NASA always says we're going to the moon and they give you a four year projection and then they just keep delaying it forever. I know you're not used to this cause you're young, but this the fact that they keep delaying this moon mission is what they do all the time now and for forever. And that will never change and will never go to the moon. We've, we've crossed the four year threshold. We're like a year and a half away now. As, as, as totally Joe Biden's a year second and a half. Term, we're going to make it to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Next <laughs> oh, president geez. is going to be fucking Trump invented. He created space force and there isn't even space. As far as I'm concerned, 
Like, and guess what? None of you know anybody that's enlisted in Space Force because it's not a real thing because it never will be a real thing and a citizen will never go to space. We're never going to have a citizen military in space. That's fucking retarded. You know what I mean? Just you wait. <laughs> this is where Bob draws the line on space. Just the deterrent, deterrent nuclear rockets that'll definitely ever get fired. That's, that's what would be helpful to have up there. Right. Like, that's the funniest part. Well, no one even believes that a space force will really ever be a real branch of the military. Of course it won't. Well, it is a real, like, on paper, it's a real branch. What, like, we don't actually have a force of men up in space, though, we, we like, have, defending we our country. We just don't actually no. have people that are in it. That Right. Well, it's mission, that's it's mission just isn't aligned with the title. <laughs> right. It's preparation for our our lunar base. Let's just say that. Uh, I'm sure they're creating I a bunch can't. of international laws and treaties related to space, though, right? <laughs> that, that, that'd be a helpful function for them. Basically. if it, As long as it's not below the 60th parallel, I'm sure we can go to space. There will be no treaties. But here's their explanation of why it has taken these three generations. Um. So they start Wait, talking about is it. it like, wildly different. Is it wildly different from what they've been saying for like the past thirty years? Which is, oh, we just don't have the technology anymore. <laughs> no, it's kind of even like it's it even it's actually it. You're being talked down to even more than them pretending oh, they don't beautiful. have the technology. Oh, thank God to build a 1969 rocket ship. Everything so, I hope for. <laughs> they talk about these. Um, I might. I might actually jump the gun. Let me get to this one part before we. They explain to you why we haven't gone back. Um. So they're like, "Oh, this is going to sound cliche, but just flying on any of these missions is an enormous thing. It's fantastic. I love the idea of going back out past the moon. Yeah, we know. Like." And then the astronauts are talking about, oh, we can't wait for Artemis 3 because we're, we're setting the stage for our astronaut colleagues to walk on the moon. And it will be a that alone will be an excess, a success for us. Jesus, can't read. Um, so they talk about these billionaires. There's this guy, Yusaku Mizawa, a Japanese billionaire, has bought a trip on Starship. That would oh, which is Elon Musk's ship. There, Elon Musk is building the spaceship that goes from the rocket down to the moon. By the way, and that's not built yet. That's why oh. Artemis Two isn't going to land people on the moon. Um, and then Dennis Tito, an entrepreneur who was the first space tourist to visit the ISS in two thousand one, and his wife Akiko have booked seats on a separate Starship trip around the moon. Five decades ago, that would have been like a billionaire buying a Saturn V rocket, the rocket that propelled the Apollo astronauts to the moon. And so he started talking about space tourism, which is the next thing that's so that they always pretend is right around the corner and is never going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just like we have Antarctica. We have Antarctica tourism. It's and that's a real thing that's here that already. At least you can go to the edge of like. I, as much as yeah, at least I, be, I believe John Kerry's summered there. If you're John Kerry, you can go a little farther than the edge. 
<laughs> I was gonna say Will Smith was spotted there, like just doing doing like you know spelunking, I, I guess, or something. Just, off in Antarctica yeah, recently. Yeah, it's probably he was there probably to watch the uh, or hang out with the queen on her sixty-year-old uh, ski trip, as sixty-year-olds do, <laughs> as sixty-year-old royalty do. They go to Antarctica for ski trips. <laughs> Fucking no, just counting penguins. Naughty shit. So they start talking about anyway. the uh, the space tourism and Chris Hadfield, that dickhead, the Canadian astronaut. He's um. Chris Hadfield, a Canadian astronaut who retired in 2013 after three trips to space, compared space travel to the early days of aviation. The wobbly craft that the Wright brothers built in 1903 flew, but barely. But progress was fast. The first flight for KLM, the Dutch airline, was in 1920. 17 years from the Wright brothers to a profitable airline that's still around, uh, you know, it took 17 years to go from the Wright brothers to a profitable airline. You can Wait, see no, no, that the read, cost read the next line. is. Well, yeah, yeah you can no, no, see you missed, the you missed cost the important. Is, no. What's that? Line before that, Aaron. He added that innovation had greatly reduced the cost of leaving Earth. Oh, yeah. He's saying it's way cheaper to leave Earth. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to skip that because he, he it says that in his next quote, Josh. But anyways, his quote was, you can see that the cost is going to keep coming down as the vehicles get better proven, and that's going to increase the access and opportunity. So the funding's the same. We've had 50-some years of space, of moon-capable space equipment. It hasn't gotten cheaper. We can't do it anymore. We haven't attempted it, and we're pretending to do it now. Which we, I think, our what was our original when we started the show, Josh? When we started the whole podcast, it was end of twenty twenty four. I think so. Yeah, then I think it was delayed to May of twenty twenty five, and now then most recently December delayed until the end of twenty twenty five. There, there are some naysayers, uh, some some higher ups at NASA, very very uh, low confidence in their engineers and the engineers at SpaceX who say it might be 2026, but they're naysayers. I don't, I don't like to take much stock in their work. Don't worry. NASA (laughs) is currently aiming for that first moon landing to occur in late 2025, but now probably nothing, Josh, but the NASA inspector general has predicted the mission would slip to 2026 or later. He's just out of touch. It requires the use of Starship, the giant spacecraft being developed by SpaceX, Elon Musk rocket company, to take the two astronauts from a distant lunar orbit to the surface. So, not looking good, Josh. We're going to get delayed again to 2026. (laughs) Can I make a point about, they were saying that like the, the innovation has brought down the cost of leaving the earth, but it, it's like, okay, so fucking space rockets are going down in price. Well, it's like, we no longer have like a cheap hot hatch for like $15,000 to go buy for like a teenager anymore. It's like everything else is going up, but the price of space rockets is going down. I don't believe I it's it. also clearly not. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they're, they're so, so they're, compl- they're comparing this, this space industry to the airline industry. Um, I don't think that's the right comparison. 
Uh, let, let's take a second to think. Where is rocket technology actually profitable? Defense. War. Weapons, yeah, like well, the, the the space is not the application for the technology we're using here. That's that's the the novel nonsense thing that's just gone downhill not, in the last fifty years. It's not nonsense if it was all real. If it was all real and they could take rockets to the moon, if they could develop technology, well, I mean, it's, it's a novelty. It that's what I mean by nonsense. Regular people could afford to just take a day trip to the moon. Then it would be hugely profitable. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> take take a step back there, Aaron. Um, a day trip to the moon. How long do you think it takes to get to the moon? <laughs> Eleven days now. Uh-oh. It's ten, maybe more. Because <laughs> you're not allowed <laughs> apparently to make it in less than three days anymore. So I'm. I get you were setting yourself up. For this explanation, because I do want to hear this one mission of why it's taking longer to get to the moon than it did in 69. Josh, can I guess how, like, why it takes longer? I, I don't think this is going to be the reason, but if it is, it would be my favorite thing in the world. It would be my favorite dumb NASA lie ever. Uh, predictions welcome. Yeah, go go ahead. Please tell me they're using some kind of green energy to get to the moon. So it takes a little bit longer than that <laughs> horrible combustible <laughs> rocket fuel that they used in 69 that was like bad for the space environment. Not that I'm aware of. No, I don't think this would uh, really be the reason, but I just want them to say that that's why really badly. All right. Sorry. Go ahead with the real reason. This is the Artemis 1 mission, leaving Earth and heading for the Moon. This spacecraft left Earth in the same way that all spacecraft leave. But watch what happens when it gets close to the Moon. The Orion capsule is sent on a crazy trajectory, leaping ahead of the Moon, falling behind, and then being thrown back to Earth. What's even crazier is that this journey took 26 days to complete. Compare this to the Apollo 8 journey, which only took 6 days to complete and followed a much simpler route. So why didn't Artemis just do this? Getting to the moon is no easy task. It takes an enormous amount of energy to get there. In fact, it takes more energy to land on the moon than it does to land on Mars, despite the moon being 500 times closer. The goal with Artemis 1 was to send the Orion capsule around the moon and test out all of its systems. The goal of the Apollo missions was to land humans on the moon and return them to Earth. This requires a lot more energy, which makes the Saturn V rocket even more impressive. But the SLS is actually more powerful than the Saturn V. So why did Artemis 1 need to take such a weird route to the moon? In this video, we're going to look at the incredible physics behind getting Artemis 1 to its unusual... Okay. Anyway. So this is referring to the mission uh, last year, the unmanned mission that did a little loop around the moon to test out shit. So wait. Yeah, can I, so... The, the, can I see if I'm following this correctly? So Go ahead. It's harder, it takes more energy to land people on the moon than Mars, which makes Saturn V super impressive. And it takes shorter for the Saturn V. But the Artemis bracket is more powerful. Therefore, it has to have a weird way to do its trajectory in order to save energy because it's so powerful. 
Yeah, Aaron, if if you've if you'd ever taken a physics class and oh. just write down a, one of the fundamental equations, you'd know that <laughs> you'd know that power and energy are inversely proportional, and that like it, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> oh, what I'm a bird! <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much more powerful than the Saturn V that it has to conserve energy and take a longer route. Cool. Well, yes. uh, what it appears from the graphs that they're showing here, it looks like they're they're doing like a catapult basically. So like they they kind of go straight out from Earth and then they meet up with the moon and then they slingshot around uh the moon itself using gravity basically. And they're they're going to just Spark the burner, get out of orbit, hit their speed that they need to hit, and then cut everything off. They're going to fly toward the moon, uh, slingshot around it, and then kind of get, like, stopped around it, and then, like, go back, basically. It'll swing them back okay, people and say forth slingshot. and then launch them back. They always act like yeah. they're slingshotting you shit science off fiction? of planetary gravity. Okay? <laughs> they, yeah. By the way, yeah, they do this all the time with satellites and shit, right? Am I I'm not wrong in this. They act like that's a normal maneuver. They just catapult things with with planetary gravity. Yeah. I don't know about okay. the satellite. I don't know what you why, say about when why then answer me this. Why when they're just orbiting the moon does it not keep slingshotting it farther and faster and faster and faster around well, no, it no, like that- so that, then it's an orbit. That's the thing. So um, ultimately, so well, how does the slingshot They're not work? technically slingshotting. The, well, okay. The, yeah, it's a slight misnomer to say that they're slingshotting or that the last year they slingshotted uh, the Artemis 1 Orion around the moon. No, um, I... Technically, go ahead. I was going to say, it's good slang. It, yeah. <laughs> I approve of the it, slang used. What they technically did is they got it caught up in the gravity um, kind of in front of the moon so that it would slow down getting the orbit they did a little rocket correction to get it in the orbit uh so they, they kind of this wasn't as much of a slingshot um as when they're going to be leaving orbit or in some other types of missions where they actually do use the gravity to kind of speed them up or propel them out of orbit and flying in some direction Right. I, I think it it was the approach of the original moon mission versus the approach of this mission where the original approach, they were they went in front of uh, the moon's path of travel. And then so it started pulling them one direction and then it randomly started pulling them the other direction, which brought them in the orbit. Whereas this one, they're no, going the, behind it. Was that incorrect? No, they're going in front of it again this time. Oh, OK. It looked like they were trailing like right behind it, and then it was going to like matter? pick what's, it up. What's the front of a fucking sphere? What are you talking about? Well, the, the idea is if you go one if you go one way, it's going to end up speeding you up. If you go the other way, it's going to end up slowing you down. Uh, just right. relative to where the moon's moving and the the, the gravitational pull will be from that there. They, they have your vis- velocity somewhere compared in the to yeah, yeah, compared to the moon's to the moon's so velocity. Slow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> How slow so is it annoyed. moving, Aaron? <laughs> it makes a full rotation around the Earth every month or something like that. No, no one knows. <laughs> it's, it's pretty slow. It's not. They're not moving the same speed around us as we are around the sun. But I guess they're moving around the sun the same speed as us by nature of it follows us but that's a different fucking topic yes 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think the next clip should help uh, shed some light on some of these questions. Okay. This module with more thrust and propellant capacity. This had a massive effect on Delta V, but having such a small and lightweight command module meant that the life support systems could only support the crew for a total of 14 days. Because of this, the Apollo missions had no choice but to take the quickest route to the moon. This involved performing a long-duration burn as soon as it arrived at the moon to slow it down and place it into orbit. This took a lot of energy, but it meant that they could get into lunar orbit in just three days compared to ten days for Artemis I. Orion simply didn't have the Delta V to do this, and so NASA had to do an amazing bit of planning to get to the moon. In order for Orion to get to the moon and stay for long enough, NASA aimed for a distant retrograde orbit, which had never... Oh, sorry, skipped around there. Delta V V referring to change in velocity. So so just to to make sure we're all clear on this, the the new rocket from last year with a, a stronger propulsion um, had less capability for change in velocity than the 1969 Apollo mission. Really? Why? <laughs> they just say things, and you know, why would that be the case? Uh, the so kind of as other as they're explaining or to to cut to the chase a little little more. Um, part of it is the goal of each mission where. Uh, the yeah, you know, like they mentioned, the Apollo mission was designed to get humans on the moon and back within the limits of the life support um, limitation. This or, is the time get, limit. The, wait, wait, Josh, wait. You have to wait. Artemis two, Artemis one and two. Their purpose is to test for Artemis three to get humans to the moon and back safely. This is like a precursor well, but, but to do that thing. Yeah, but the limitation we don't have. Uh, we have better life support systems on our new um, on our new rockets now than they did then. So, like, it's not like they have a fourteen day limit to be in space. They can be in space for the full thirty day mission. That's so. Uh, the, the what they have to limit then is the amount of fuel on board because they have all this equipment and all this food and whatever. No, uh, they, you so cannot say the that. Of, they have to make the trips more efficient. What, what are you, Josh, what are you Josh, talking about, do you, Aaron? Do you know a specific Buzz Aldrin story for the Saturn V and the moon landing? They get to the moon. They fucking launch their uh, the lunar lander. He claims, we were landing, and as we were landing, we had three seconds of fuel left when we finally landed, minus what they... Uh, we're going to launch with apparently because they had to relaunch off the fucking thing. And then people are like in the comments, wow, it's insane how well NASA plans. Like it drove me insane. Like they believe people believe anything. This is fucking <laughs> retarded. So the, so what we have less fuel than the fucking ship that had three seconds of extra fuel. That's what we did. We we have less fuel than that. So it is going green. Yes. Oh I mean, my god. I, guess so. I mean, you were kind of right about the being green thing. Yeah, just they they were carrying they're carrying less fuel with them now in in return for carrying more um life support. So they're supplies. doing a fuel efficient route by Pretending to be able yeah, to catapult yeah, off of the fucking off of lunar surface off of 
planetary gravitation. Well, they said something like a, a retrograde distant slingshot. orbit. I don't know what the, the word was word was, but it was slingshot. yeah, a slingshot. Not catapult. Bob gets it. <laughs> Aaron just looks so upset right, with the life right now. <laughs> I it's so it's uh, so dumb. The... <laughs> Last clip. Yeah. All right. What the Apollo missions did, however, to save as much fuel as possible, Orion went a different way. Instead of aiming at a point seventy thousand kilometers from the moon, Orion aimed for this point, just one hundred kilometers above the lunar surface. From here, Orion made use of a gravity assist to slow it down. Although most people think of gravity assists being used to accelerate an object, the exact opposite can be done by approaching the moon from a different side. The moon orbits the Earth counterclockwise. If Orion approached the moon from this side, not only would the moon's gravity pull it in, but since the moon is also moving away incredibly fast, it would pull the spacecraft along and slingshot it at an even greater velocity. If you approach the moon from the other side, you end up traveling in the opposite direction to the moon. And so instead of increasing your speed, it pulls against you and slows you down. This is exactly what Orion did. But this alone isn't enough to get into lunar orbit. When Josh, this is what I said. This is, I said this earlier and you're like, no, they didn't do that. They're not doing that. <laughs> I, well, you said the way you said it was they approached it from the front. Yeah. yeah. That's what they just demonstrated. You didn't do a good job of explaining yourself. You just said the front. No. Uh, no, 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 no. I thought you said Apollo was the front and the, the Orion was from the rear. But um, oh, whatever. Oh, okay. You just yeah, got so mixed this, up the, then. The Orion, yeah. they, were both, they were both the front. It's wither against the, the direction of fucking movement. Uh, like, not front. You don't say front for a fucking basketball. <laughs> okay. What's the front of a basketball? I <laughs> I didn't say that. So I, what are you I talking about? Front. You did say front. You did. That's what I was no, confused about. No, I did about. not. Oh, we're playing the tape. Don't worry. Hey, listeners, fucking send yeah. recording to Bob saying front. Because he did. Okay, well, the, the front of where the direction of the moon is headed, okay? That is easy enough to understand. That's way better. If That's you can't understand exactly. That. Thank you. That's what that, I said. That That's what I said. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Jesus right, Christ. Anyways. Anyway. Go on, Josh. Pick up this oh, travesty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I thought I thought that <laughs> provided some good visuals for exactly how the physics works, how they got in orbit, um, how they continue the clip. They they finished off just by uh, showing that in addition to the increased gravitational effects of aiming for closer to the moon, they also have a, just a little bit of propulsion that gets them in orbit. But it's not the sustained burn that the Apollo did to kind of force themselves into orbit. So they're using a, a minuscule fraction of fuel. For, or they used a minuscule fraction of fuel for that portion of the mission compared to the Apollo mission. Um, yeah, I, pretty, very impressive, I know, right? Great, great planning. I'm, I'm Don't you so fucking excited. love science? It's, a, it's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for them to deliver on this in late 2020 well, or again, 2027. The they, they already did this one from this video. Oh, okay. This was November of last year where they... They shot it off. It took 10 days to get there. or was in orbit for like 12 days, I think, and then took 10 days to get back. You know what's more impressive okay. than fuel-efficient space travel, in my opinion? What? Thank you. The deadpan silence <laughs> instead of a what. Is, the what is necessary. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. But... <laughs> I would say 
<laughs> Starting a podcast in early 2020 and exactly fucking predicting the delays in the stupid space program because it's all fucking fake and gay. None of you give me credit on that ever. 100% accuracy uh, on this delays. I'm pretty sure I've been right there with you with the delays as well. I think Josh is the only <laughs> one that has been saying that it's going to be on time, uh, ahead of schedule and under budget. <laughs> but at what point in the delays do you, will you be with me on the delays are going to be permanent and they're never going to stop delaying it? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. We need to compile a list of my wagers that are, are we going to do this or go back to the moon first? And I'm, I'm perpetual be very excited for y'all to pay off or pay out uh, <laughs> in approximately two years from now. You're going to be playing that game from our fucking retirement community, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who wants to uh, fucking hell? I just forgot. Never mind. Cut it out. So that, that's like that. that's really just where I wanted to go with this. It's uh, a day trip to the moon, as it were. Um, that's that's going to be the, the title of my memoirs: a day trip to the moon. Uh, subtitled mm-hmm. the, uh, the the two the two month journey uh, there and back again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> All right. I, um, well, it's it's exciting that this is one of the most diverse casts going to the moon or orbiting around the moon per se, because we have great stories about a diverse cast of astronauts causing fucking mayhem uh, in the ISS. I don't think we've covered this on the show before, but this happened back in 2018. Russia? Are you victim blaming astronauts for the white supremacy by Russian astronauts on the moon? Did you say diverse as in non-white males? The second they get a black astronaut, <laughs> he's stealing spaceship parts. <laughs> <laughs> like while they're in orbit. What, what's the equivalent of a space bike? <laughs> or like a bicycle yeah. in space? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's what the fuck they do moonwalks with. The, like whatever propulsion system they have on their on their little suits. It's a Damn, moonwalk. God, it's supposed to be moonwalking. Cool shoes. They like can't do fucking spacewalks because they just stole the boots <laughs> off the fucking on the astronaut boots. <laughs> Selling them in like Nike stores <laughs> offhand. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so you gotta step of, up his game. Another diversity hire uh, uh, back in the day. This happened in two, uh, 2018 was accused by Russia of going crazy and drilling a hole into the like a Russian compartment of the ISS. And like it, it's funny how there's so much about the story what that NASA like won't even like it it was the um not like a like where everyone huddled like most of the time where it it wasn't didn't have people in it like all the time. Uh, uh, they found a hole in the outer wall of the docked Russian Suez spaceship. Uh, it isn't clear the exact cause of the hole, but it has been subject to speculation. So Russia, the Russian astronauts took a picture of said hole. Now, I hope you guys can see this. Um, so they took a picture and they said, this is, this was drilled by this fucking nut job woman that you guys brought up to the space station. 
by the way. So they take a picture of the hole. You can see the threads from the drill bit inside of like the inner wall of the hole itself. And then yeah. you can see where she had like lost traction with the bit <laughs> before she didn't put a guide in. She didn't like That's stamp so a guide into the metal. So you could see where like the, the drill bit like scuffed the, the outer edge of the, of the metal. <laughs> like it's obviously, okay. I, in, I think, in, I think I'm convinced it was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> you made, made a good case, Bob. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know how to use a fucking drill bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is the most you just punch this a guy hole. Realistic claim I've ever seen from NASA <laughs> showing a woman fucking up. No, this is a from hole. Russia. This is Roscosmos. Yeah, from- NASA denies everything. Russia was like, "Your bitch, fucking astronaut, went crazy and drilled a hole." There's scuff marks from the drill bits. Everyone, you can see the metal shavings. Like it looks like a drilled hole. And NASA's like, "Well, it could have been a micrometeorite." Everyone. <laughs> That was NASA's <laughs> official response. Yeah. Wait, they, they what, just, what, 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 from the inside, what? it could have been a micrometeorite. That's well, what, it, that's it what was NASA's saying. It was in the outer the outer hole. So I believe it did have if like that's in the hole, you know, everyone would be dead in that spaceship when they left. Did they plug this up after um, they took this picture? I I'm not sure. They might have plugged it up. Before taking the picture, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Ars Ars Technica reported that while ultimately no ISS crew members were endangered by the Soyuz hole. Wait, this is the chick they said proved embarrassing. Is Rob? Is this the picture of the chick that did it? Yes. That's the fat chick that has the the hair fucking up. She has like oh she's yeah some of the videos, the videos with the hair up, and there's the guy with the floating necklace, but her hair doesn't move at all, and they're sitting right next to each other. Oh, her? Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's great. I recognize yeah, she, her. She does I have crazy eyes. Astronauts. She she does have crazy eyes, uh, and <laughs> her name is what is her name? Uh, uh, Serena Alnan Chancellor. I think that's what I'm. Yeah, that's her. yeah. Okay. So the claim NASA astronaut Serena uh, made the hole after a blood clot developed in her jugular vein that she had to treat herself, leaving, leading to an acute psychological crisis. Okay, now we know it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> she did not treat her own blood clot and then also not know how to drill a hole. <laughs> Have a psychological episode about it. What do you mean? Dude, treat if, if your Don own blood up there, clot. He could have treated it. What? I, yeah, she Josh, she drew the hole in her neck. What are you talking? If I was if like, up there, he would oh, I know what's wrong with you, Bob. You have a bl- you have a blood clot. clot in your jugular. Treat it yourself. Where would you start? <laughs> treat- <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would drive myself to the ER. <laughs> I I guess I would just die. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Treat it myself. Dude, I can't believe they write this shit. They write shit like this without you just going. Because honestly, you know what most people's reactions are to reading? She had to treat her own jugular blood clot herself. They go, wow, NASA scientists are so smart and cool. They don't think, what? No, she didn't. Like... (laughs) in response uh to the most recent allegations uh said to come from um 
Russia, Bill Nelson, head of NASA, said what on Twitter? Did he a say, "Oh my God, uh, that de- that definitely didn't happen. That that's a crazy theory. How could that even possibly uh, make sense?" Or B, did he say, "I fully support Serena"? A or B? B. <laughs> Both. Obviously, he fully supports her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He doesn't care. He didn't really care what the allegations were. He just said he supports his NASA astronaut who you know happens to be a woman. So well, the one of the funnier Russia, bits. Evil. Right, exactly. Um, one of the other funny bits about this. Now, this gets into the weeds because this was on like a basically like a 4chan post in regards to it was an anonymous NASA employee that was talking about how much trouble NASA had with this astronaut in, in general. She said she got up there and within days of being on the ISS, she started freaking out about how cramped and uncomfortable it all was. And, like, pretty much immediately lost it, basically. And she was, like, radioing down, trying to find any excuse in the book to get off of the ISS. She had a complaint that NASA was sexist. She was going to bury NASA for being sexist because they made a toilet that wasn't usable by women (laughs) or wasn't comfortable to use by women. Uh, So she demanded that they actually design a whole new toilet specifically for women to use so it's more comfortable to use for um how do you how would that even be a thing like how do you make a toilet more comfortable for women than men <laughs> i don't know like we both have the same uh, what, basic what, ass what does shape? a toilet look, look you, like in space do they have like capillary action like don pettit's mug coffee cup I mean, who knows? It might have like this, you know, like suction device. Like, who, who the fuck knows? It's probably not pleasant to use by like any stretch of the imagination. I can only imagine what it would be like to take a fucking diary. Similar to like an airplane in, like, in orbit. Yeah. But they have gravity in airplanes. Yeah. But with a so, coffee maker. For it would be weird to pee. Okay. So okay. she. Chugga, chugga. Uh, uh, Along with that, to get the to push the uh, the idea that they needed a, a new um, toilet, she had like malfunctioned the toilet on purpose and like got uh, human excrement everywhere in like the toilet room, basically, or wherever like the toilet may or may not be. So she was to be blamed for that awkward fucking smell that was building up on the ISS that they were complaining about. It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't the underwear of Don Pettit, apparently. It was some woman sabotaging the toilet. (laughs) 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 And also, she was the first, I believe she was the first woman. That would have smelled. Oh, God. So she was one of the first uh, women to do a spacewalk and one of the first astronauts to lose a tool bag on said first spacewalk of a woman. (laughs) No, <laughs> our small American hammer will never be and found. The the video, yeah. uh, I I couldn't find it, but I'm sure Aaron has seen this. It's the like she's literally out there, and there's like a big like toolbox like in front of her, and she literally just like pushes it away from her, and then she goes like, <laughs> "Oh wait," yeah, <laughs> as it floats away. So I have uh, seen that. NASA has had. NASA has had a great run with uh, diverse 
groups of astronauts going up into space. So we'll see what uh, this next moon mission uh, has entailed for everyone. Uh, it, it should be funny. I wish so. it was real because the second they did this diversity shit and brought women on spaceships, they would have all died. It would have been hilarious. She, if that was real, <laughs> she wouldn't have brushed away her tools. She would have just like accidentally like jumped off. And you just would have saw her floating away from the thing. She would have like forgot to let the hang on to the side and then just floated away from the space station, never to be seen well, again. No, that that would impl- that that would mean like every woman who says she's going to kill herself doesn't just take a handful, you know, like five or six Tylenol. No, and this like is due to boyfriend, not <laughs> not suicide, not actual yeah. suicide. Hey, Bob, um, uh, this is a little 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 out there, a little hypothetical, unrelated of question, but uh, do you have like an order of magnitude guess for how much it would cost to send a rocket up with a new toolbox? Uh, I would say off the top of my head, uh, $50 million. <laughs> I think oh, shipping okay, something costs something absurd, it's like, like few, $60,000 a pound or something like that, I think is what they s- tried to say. Yeah. No small feat. Uh, and then you have the, the hole that she, she drilled, uh, which she denied drilling. Uh, cost a bunch of manpower and effort to to fix because they had to like go outside and like fix it and stuff like that too. Uh, all of these things, w- which is funny because Russia came out and said that they accused her of doing it because she had a psychological episode and wanted to get back to Earth sooner. And NASA came out and said she had a psychological episode from a blood clot in her neck, but she definitely didn't drill the hole. But all we know is that both sides are saying that this woman had a psychological episode up in space and she couldn't fucking cope <laughs> and she was doing everything in her power to get out of there in, in a sooner fashion. So, and so Susie being fucking crazy in Antarctica is the only thing that America and Russia can agree on. <laughs> Basically. Apparently, the rumor mill, too, from that one 4chan post was suggesting that uh, ground control was trying to appease her the whole time by being like, okay, calm down, calm down. We'll make you famous. Don't worry. We'll run more fucking YouTube videos (laughs) if you float around in space. We'll we'll have you do a spacewalk, like promising like all these things to her. And, uh, you know, then she, you know, she probably uh, got off of her uh, munsies and uh, finally chilled out for a little bit there. So, I mean, who knows, but all I'm saying is that uh, the more women and diversity that we put up there, uh, I think we're going to run into a couple more problems here and there. So, assuming space is real and all that stuff, but of course. But even if it's yeah, fake, even a if disclaimer they're... disclaimer we should have put at the beginning of this episode. Assuming but right, space is real. Even, even if listening. it's fake and they're locked in like a, a submarine in the bottom of like a pool somewhere in like Washington, D.C., it's like still like they're still locked in like in this capsule underneath water for like nine months or something like that. I don't I don't oh. think the people running NASA would be too keen on, you know, letting them out every now and again. So I was I was wondering something. Are they do they just not have cameras in every room on the ISS? Like, dude, is is there no way of being able to just look at the footage or look? I I feel like the ISS is small enough and uh, surveilled enough that you would pretty immediately be able to tell that it was her who did this, or even just like look in the other rooms at the time and be like, oh, she's not in this room and the drill's missing. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, 
That's a good point, <laughs> but I honestly, yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. There's no idea. camera like, on, the what the tool, on the tool cabinet? Well, because they obviously have, like, a production setup for, like, the YouTube videos that they make. So, I don't know if they have, like, a security system up there or security cameras, which would be... I'm sure they do now, after this dumb bitch tried to kill everyone in, on board, but... Uh, who knows? So, I thought that was really funny. And Moving on. To this day, there's still fecal matter floating around the ISS. Yeah, good luck with that stench, ladies and gentlemen. All right, mm-hmm. and now to our favorite segment of the show. You need to know what science discovered. You need to know today. Whether it's face or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists have discovered an ancient Lovecraftian apex predator that chased and pierced soft prey. Now, they came out with a photo of this thing, and I think that's what we should focus on first. Because okay. it it looks... Are those its eyes? Yeah. Wait, are those its eyes? <laughs> it looks like a creature yes. from the can game I, Spore. Can I describe it? <laughs> please, please, Aaron. So it has the body of a shark. <laughs> Nothing crazy there, but... Its head is shaped like a snail, and it has snail eyes. Then it has two noses that are half the size of its body, and those are made out of uncooked gray shrimp. <laughs> then it has <laughs> like seven different fins on each side, and a really goofy Wait, fucking smile. The mouth looks just like a, a big sphincter, actually. Yeah, though it's not a mouth. That's totally it's that's totally, totally its anus right there on its neck. <laughs> Where his mouth well, should no, be. No, that's a mouth. It's just <laughs> got the teeth drawn really shitty. Okay. I don't know. It looks a bit like a sphincter. So this thing, its eyes are popping out like its eyeballs are like disconnected from the rest of its head. It has head. snail eyes. It, yeah, yeah, it has snail eyes. Like so th- this thing looks. <laughs> I, yeah, it looks I retarded. Stopped. Tell me those noses. What's that thing on its face? Tell me those are not just sh- the. It's an uncooked shrimp body. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the little legs and the tail and everything. This is like a bad version of Spore. Uh, that that one civilization game or evolution game where uh, you kind of just add on parts. Um, it- a la carte. Oh shit! Yeah, it looks like they just—it looks like they took two shrimp ends and then just glued it. Yeah, it looks like they took two shrimp yeah, ends and then just plopped it on its face. face. Two of them. <laughs> oh my god! It's a retarded-looking it animal. <laughs> I can't believe somebody passed this story. <laughs> okay, it says. One of the earliest apex predators, and perhaps the freakiest to ever hunt the sea, may have also been a delicate eater. This is what they found out about this apex predator. May have, (laughs) which means we made it up. Uh, Paleontologists have uh, dubbed this thing the uh, abnormal shrimp from Canada. Um, 
It used two spiny appendages on its face to grab uh, trilobites off of the seafloor and crush and eat them. But a new analysis suggests the bizarre hunter may not have been able to uh, up to the task. Instead, uh, it may have swiftly hunted soft prey in water, uh, researchers say, basically. So they're, they're changing up what it ate from the, the, the body parts or like the dead body parts that they found from the different things they may have eaten, basically being like, Oh, well we found these trilobites and it's like, Oh, okay. This thing was definitely eating the, these trilobites, but the trilobites were hard and like, you know, like rock hard had a shell on them or whatever. Like, well, maybe this thing with like these weird appendages on its face didn't really have, you know, the, the crushing force in the jaw to like take care of these things. So they switched it up. But then they also talk about the the spiny things on its face being so fucking weird. So this thing's like the size of a great white shark, by the way. It's not a small oh thing. God. And so they said, well, like, maybe instead of like scouring real slow at the bottom, picking up these like hard shell thick crustaceans and like crushing them and eating them. Maybe these appendages on his face stuck straight out in front of it like Superman's arms. <laughs> And it swam super fast. <laughs> That's literally what they just proposed is possible. And they, they've determined this from fossils from the things that they ate. Yes. Not, not the, the, the shark thing, shark shrimp face thing itself. Okay. Oh, wait, they actually say like super. No, no, no. Look at the fossil picture. Did you see that, Aaron? Yeah, it looks like... Uh... It looks like fragments of like uh, Aztec art. It looks like man-made. It doesn't look like a fossil. Yeah how how long ago was this thing supposed to have existed? Oh, sorry, uh, roughly five hundred million years ago. Yes. What is this quote-unquote fossil they claim to have found? What like what form is it in? How is it intact in that shape? Like. Uh, that they didn't go in depth about that. I don't know. They didn't go depth um, about anything. You know what? The one thing this article's missing: evidence for any of their claims. <laughs> they just but say this. Also, way. I mean, the Aaron, fossil. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. You if if you scroll down in the scientific journal uh, paper that they wrote about it, um, towards the very bottom, they. They did uh, computational fluid dynamic simulations on these appendages to calculate drag coefficients in the water. So we know exactly how it swam. So it's uh, a <laughs> it's very legit, very uh, high level science right here. That sounded very sciencey. So I'm I'm inclined to believe it. Yeah, they go into great detail about these fucking appendages. Holy shit! Uh, that's yeah. what the whole paper's about. I think. Yeah, just studying the, these appendages and stuff. So I, I think, yeah, so they drew the conclusion from the studying of said appendages, which they were just totally confused about, and also, like, the food that they were eating. They're like, well, I don't I don't think this thing had a jaw to, like, crush hard hard shell crustaceans and stuff like that. Uh, do, do, we, do we know what sea life was around in the ocean 500 million years ago that it could have even, like, that, what, what was in its feeding pool to even eat? 
then. Josh, we know what temperature the ocean was 500 million years ago. What kind of dumb question is that? Do you not <laughs> have this is faith how funny in is. science? What the fuck is wrong this with is back you? In the day when there only, back in the day when there were only two species of shrimp. That's, that's the, the type of ocean environment, uh, the two degrees Whoa. colder ocean environment that existed back then. Josh, they don't know. Okay, so this is a, what's hilarious about this. They know, they'll say they know like exactly what it ate and what all, everything about it, except they're not they're not, and I quote, not sure if it had a jaw, but they know today ate, ate for breakfast. You know what I mean? <laughs> like one of the first <laughs> things that I ever knew oh, about either oh, of you, man. like we're pretty close, but one of the very first things I ever fucking <laughs> found out about either of you, I knew whether or not you had a jaw. Was what we ate for breakfast. <laughs> oh. oh, that's sweet. Okay. <laughs> Even before that, Josh. I knew of your propensity for having a jaw is one of the first well, things. If, suppose this guy, this suppose guy, suppose I didn't have a jaw. <laughs> yeah, this guy looks like a guy with a jaw, in my opinion. Dude, a real, a real chronic masticator. <laughs> Look at the chompers on that guy! Wow, what a specimen! How do you chronic swim, masticator Josh? Is very good, Josh. Not normally a pun guy, but man, I like that one. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. It's it's the most ridiculous thing. I highly suggest listeners to go look at this this fucking yeah. Thing look at this that, article in the show notes. It, it's like probably it's really two large looking. shrimp that like died right next to each other, and they're like, oh, these were appendages on something's face, like. <laughs> So I, I was I was visualizing in my head what Aaron was describing, and then I opened my eyes and Aaron, I'm sorry, but you didn't describe it stupid enough. So listeners, you gotta go, you gotta go look at it. will be in the show notes. <laughs> All right. And with that concluded, we do what we always do at the end of the show, which is listen to voicemails. How did you none, none of you know that was Riker? That was obviously Riker. Like you're just like, oh, I said Riker? it was Riker oh, no, too. I think that's Riker. It might be Riker. There was certainly <laughs> Riker. Where have you people been? How do you not recognize Jonathan Frakes, the greatest narrator ever? Better than Orson Welles. I Wells, did notice him. In my opinion. <laughs> it it oh, took all God, of us yeah. a second, though. <laughs> right, I think I said, down. I'm pretty sure that is Riker. I think that was how, that was the amount of doubt that I had was, I was pretty sure that is Riker. What a what a dick! Right. I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, One mistake message. and the listeners jump down our throat. It wasn't Jesus. even a mistake. It was just not knowing a hundred percent that it was Riker. Just <laughs> thinking it was him. <laughs> it's only been like eight years since I last t- uh, last watched TNG. I'm very sorry, everyone. I won't make the mistake again. <laughs> Fucking Christ! Better look next time, I guess. All right, and then we also, have a uh, th- Bobby. What? Go ahead. Don't say his don't say his actor name, by the way. Just call him Riker. Don't don't even know yeah. who he is as a real person. I I've already forgotten his real name. He the voice <laughs> yeah, he just said, said it. it. I don't know <laughs> it. <It's Riker>. <laughs> <laughs> Second in command of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> Science. The sun would fit sixty four point three million moons inside of it. 
Also science. The sun is 400 times bigger than the moon. Yawn. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. No, I, that... Bobby, Bobby and I went through the math. So like the idea is, is 400... Ki- so bigger than the moon, meaning the linear dimensions, so like the radius or diameter... The, right. Yeah, they're, then the, the it fits it, it fits in this many numbers of moons because it's uh, has this much volume in it. And, and Bobby and I went through the math; like it's just four hundred cubed, right? For the the relative sizes, and then that ends up being sixty four no, million. It's not four hundred cubed because it's not a cube, but it's no, no, no. But cube, no, for to find the volume, so it, it'd be that that wouldn't be the volume, but that'd be the like wouldn't that, that be, be the, the volume of a cylinder, volume. not a not a circle right like not a well no no i, I don't not about the actual volume sphere. i mean the, the ratio of the volumes it would be this right. many times the you know the meters cubed so yeah it would be the what is it like if four is the fourth times a pi r cubed is that it or is four it four pi thirds r cubed no I, I, think, yeah. I think it's the four thirds the four is for the area of the sphere oh. yeah Anyway, are you talking about like the actual the, uh, the equation for volume for a sphere? Yeah, we did the math. I don't know why Bobby's still confused about that. <laughs> oh, did it not work? Did it it worked out? No, fine? It, it, it totally worked. Let me let me let me a little calculator on my computer. Um, it, it's just yeah, just different check. ways of of uh, like sixty four addressing. Perfect. Yeah, it's just different ways of like adjusting the scale, basically of like you yeah. know L- linear versus cubic. Yeah. Uh. Huh. All right, and then one more from Bobby. So why is uh, three showing up in Japanese as uh, like San, Mr., Mrs., is the same as three? That sounds confusing. But stay with me. So I look it up, and I'm thinking like Tower of Babel, all the languages separated, and all of a sudden I'm getting to Japanese rooted in Hebrew. And all from kissing the ring, the, if you want to be Mr. and Mrs., you have to put three before your name. I don't know. Check, check. <laughs> the hell is he so I know about? one of, well, he's saying three uh, in Japanese is the same connotation as uh, like Mr. or Mrs. And it's San. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Or, or San or whatever you pronounce San. it. Yeah. I, Josh. I know you're doing a little Japanese study over there, maybe a little bit. Can you confirm that? Well, I mean, it's not like Mr. and Mrs. is a married couple strictly. It's just like, you know, a a, a non-informal way of saying. So I can say like Bob-san to refer to you. Okay, yeah. But um, it's a bunch of things. Like it's also uh, the the Tower of Babel reminded me. It's also mountain. Like you say Fuji-san or say Mount, Mount Fuji. Oh, okay. But uh, what's the, the tie-in with three? It's like, couldn't the people just making the language just be like super fucking lazy? Does it have to be the Tower of Babel? I mean, does it have to be? Well, yeah, no, I don't I don't understand what he's saying about the uh, Israeli marriage thing where you put three in your name. Like, what what's going on there? <laughs> he's he's yeah, stretching it. The me. next logical, the next logical like, step I, I understand, is, you know... You know when I proposed to my fiance, I was like, I think we should introduce a third into our relationship. And by that, I mean the government. But, you know, that's not like. <laughs> not what I you don't meant. think they do that in Israel. <laughs> yeah, we also don't do gematria on the show, Bobby. 
Well, we don't understand <laughs> yeah, we it definitely... beyond a tertiary level. <laughs> we only do 33, 66, and 9-11, obviously. <laughs> For jokes. <laughs> yeah. Nothing serious. Uh, and that's it. That's the show. Yeah. Hope you guys are excited for the 2026 moon mission. I'm pretty sure we'll get there before 2026. Uh, don't at me, listeners. <laughs> I, for one, am very excited for the late 2027 moon landing. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Like an> asshole. <laughs> I'm gonna get ready. <laughs> See you next time. You've got mail. What the fuck? Don't tell me you don't like my show. Whatever, fuck this shit. I have a PlayStation raincoat.